Hey, welcome to The Revolutionized Mind, a platform about all things mental health. I'm your host, Angelica Galuzzo, and on this show, we use real stories and eye-opening conversations to make you feel less alone and a little more optimistic about what's ahead of you. Come on a journey with me. Bring your most authentic self, and let's revolutionize the mind. Reforming society, repairing your mentality, restoring your life. This is The Revolutionized Mind. Hi everybody, happy Friday. This has felt like the longest week ever for me, I don't know about you. Um, And I don't have too much to say today, but I did just want to announce, if you saw my social media, I am partnering with Lupus Canada this month for Lupus Awareness Month, which is something that I'm super happy about and honored to be a part of. So there will be a special episode coming out on Tuesday, May 10th on World Lupus Day. So please just keep your eye open for that and do what you can to support this amazing initiative and awareness month. Today's episode is really, really touching in my opinion. I felt really connected to Paige listening to her talk about her own grieving journey with her mom and just a brief introduction. Paige lost her mom about five months ago to ALS, which she will describe more in the episode, but it is a terminal illness. So she talks a bit about what that process has looked like for her and her family and then how it's changed since her mom has actually passed and some of the things that they've gone through as a family in that whole process and now afterwards. Paige is also a small business owner, so I have her links in the episode notes, so please, please be sure to check it out. I just recently posted a picture as well of me wearing my Anxious AF t-shirt, which I love, and my little smiley face hat, which I ordered from Going Mental. She has a lot of amazing pieces and different things on there, so please be sure to check it out. And with that being said, I hope you enjoy. So today I'm here with Paige Lorette, who is the creator and founder of Going Mental, a small clothing apparel business centered around mental health initiatives and awareness. So I'm super excited to chat with her today and hear a little bit more about your story. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. Of course. I've seen so many of your posts on TikTok and Instagram, so I'm excited to like get a little bit deeper into your story if you're comfortable doing so. Yeah, totally. So do you want to start off by telling us a little bit more about who you are? Yeah, so I am Paige, (laughs) and I am 27. So it's kind of funny how I got to my, um, my small business. It's like just not anything I ever expected I would be doing. Um, I went to Trent University in Peterborough for business admin, and I ended up doing a double major with history. And then I went to college after that for special event management. Ever since I was like really little, I like had wanted to be an event planner. And like, I just always had so much fun with that stuff. Even like my birthday parties when I was growing up, like I was like obsessed with like arranging the table seating and the menu planning and all of that stuff. So really that was what I had wanted to do. And then um, obviously with COVID, the world of events was really up in the air and I just didn't know how I was going to go from that or go into that. And um, I was doing a lot of just different little restaurant serving jobs and stuff like that. And then with COVID, I ended up moving home. Um, My mom was very ill at the time with a terminal illness. 
And when I came home, I decided that I had just started taking care of my mental health. Like I just started seeing my doctor and gotten on antidepressants about two to three weeks before I moved home, which was in March of 2020, right when COVID hit. So yeah, and then I started my business because I realized like how important um, mental health really is and how I wasn't taking care of it before. So I'm sure there's lots of other people that weren't taking care of theirs as well. So yeah, so then that just bloomed into my passion for mental health. And I didn't think I'd go from event planning to a little online business, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) It's really interesting how COVID kind of like forced that out of people and like what you thought your life was going to look like is now completely different because it gave you a new opportunity to explore, which is awesome. I think that's so true. Like I've noticed so many like over COVID small businesses come up and like just little side hustles even for people to do just like as a way to like have a creative outlet at home instead of just wasting time doing nothing, especially in the beginning when we were like all like having no clue what was going on and (laughs) when we were going to go back to work or what. So yeah, it was really helpful for me. And it was like a creative outlet as well as like a way to make some money. So I can't thank COVID enough for my business. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it is like a creative way of coping and also like just finding things that you love to do and you're helping others while doing it. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. It's so true. I call like my Instagram page, especially like the blog portion of my business, um, like my online journal almost because I'm not big on um, like writing journaling. It just has never been my thing. It's never really worked for me. Um, And I never am like consistent enough to see like a big difference with it. But I find like with um, posting on Instagram, like with pictures and videos and just like live talking on stories and stuff like that, that that's really helped me as like a nice outlet to like be able to like get my feelings out and like into the open air without having to like sit down and actually like write in a journal. That's hilarious that you said that because I'm the exact same way. Never been a journaler, but I like call this podcast my vocal journal because I'll just like sit down and start talking. And it's such a great way to just like get your feelings out because I'm not somebody to use pen and paper either. So yeah, that's really funny. But like (laughs) you kind of find that in different ways. Totally, totally. I totally agree. (laughs) So I guess diving a little bit into your story. um, I know, unfortunately, your mom passed away recently. So you've been going through a bit of a rough patch with that and dealing with other family situations. So can you talk a little bit about what your grieving process has looked like for you over the last few months? Yeah, for sure. Um, so she passed away in November, so it's been uh, like almost five months, coming up on five months in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, so it's been a serious challenge. Like, it's definitely the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my whole life. Um, for those that don't know me, my mom was my absolute best friend, and um, losing her was like shook my world to my core. Um, the thing that I think people don't really realize, so she was diagnosed with, um, ALS in, um, September, 2019. And so two years prior to her actual passing, we were grieving because it was a terminal illness. There's no cure for ALS. There's no treatment really. You kind of just have to let it ride out and until the end. So, um, the thing with terminal illness, like it goes for anyone that has like a loved one that has a terminal cancer diagnosis or anything like that. Um, you're grieving before they even pass because you're grieving the life that you thought you were going to have with them. 
you're grieving your expectations, you're grieving any future that you saw with them. So it takes a lot for you to just like go through that, but they're still there. Like it's a very odd concept and I don't know if I'm explaining it quite right, but um, yeah. So I think with that we were grieving for two years prior to it and now it's just gotten harder and we kind of said I think my aunt was the one that said it that her pain ends and now ours begins when she passed and I think that's totally true I think that is absolutely true and I've definitely gone through like some ups and downs in the last few months for sure um currently right now I feel good um I'm pretty content I can think about her and talk about her without like breaking down like immediately um, I just started seeing a grief counselor two weeks ago. Um, I was on a wait list for that for about two months, which in the grand scheme of things in therapy terms is not that long. So I was pretty happy to get in with that two months. And yeah, she's been really helpful for me and like already started to give me some like helpful advice and tools and stuff to use. So yeah, I think that is going to be like a really big turning point for me is the counseling and just talking my way through it. Um, because I kind of even told her to like, I have two brothers and then my dad, and that's my immediate family. So like, we're all grieving in different ways and having different relationships with my mom. So now for us, it kind of makes it hard to like, feel like you can lean on each other because like, everyone's grieving in their own way. So you don't want to like overstep if somebody's having a bad day and I'm like oh I'm having a bad day and now I want to bring it on to you like I find that's one of my things that I try and focus on with anything like grief or otherwise that you have to know somebody has the capacity to talk about something before you just drop your whole life on them so I think like for me anyways in my mind I'm like oh I don't want to make it worse for them if they're already having a bad day or something like that so I think having like the counselor is going to make a huge difference because it's like a third party aspect to it that knows nothing about my family or my mom just what I tell her so yeah so I think that is great and then I also have just leaned on my friends a lot they've been really 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 helpful for me and like my community online as well has been really helpful and I recently like made a couple TikToks of her of my mom um and they went like viral and that was never my expectation or what I thought was going to happen but holy man did they ever (laughs) um and I just made those so that it's just like a way for myself to like look back and see like my process and like this is how I went through it and just to like I don't know I only if a few people saw it great but it ended up being millions and millions of people that saw her energy and her um her light through just a few video clips so I think that that's been helpful yeah I th- I don't want to go on too long but like yeah I think that it's been a definitely a roller coaster ride a few weeks ago I was like in a really really down depressive period and that lasted probably for like a week or two where I just like just one of those times where you just cannot get out of bed just like what stereotypical depression looks like that's what I was looking like for those couple of weeks um and I just couldn't couldn't figure out in my brain how I was going to move forward and um, I'm sure times like that will still come but for now doing good and just knowing that she wouldn't want me to be unhappy so trying to focus on that right (laughs) 
Well, firstly, thanks for sharing all that. I know it's not an easy thing to talk about. And I know we were kind of like managing our timeline to do this at a time when you were feeling good. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy you're kind of like on a bit of an uphill right now. But just like yeah. you said, like <laughs> grief is such a roller coaster. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. Same with any type of healing, really. And you brought up a lot of great points. And I think just like the terminal illness side of things that you are grieving once that diagnosis hits because, mm-hmm. you know, it's coming. And I think the biggest thing with that is like seeing your loved ones suffer is so hard and you don't want to see them go through it, but you also don't want to lose them, obviously. So it's just so many emotions and it's such a complex thing because like you said, now you have other family members dealing with their own grief in their own way and you're trying to Mm -hmm. navigate your own. So it's definitely not an easy thing to go through, but I'm honestly really happy you've like made those TikToks and they've gone mega viral because I feel like that community there and I saw like you've had a bunch of comments of other people who might have lost a parent or a loved Mm -hmm. one and they're like connecting through you. And I feel like that just makes that support so much stronger and like validates what you're going through because, you know, other people have gone through it as well. It's so true. And like, I've had so many comments too, of just people saying like they, whether it was um, like, they've lost their loved ones. Those are really relatable, obviously, but then also ones like an immense amount of people that also have loved ones that have had ALS and just like how horrible this disease is. Like um, for those that don't know, I'll explain it a little bit. It's um, ALS is Lou Gehrig's disease. um, And it is, a neuromuscular disease that basically shuts down and kills all your muscles in your body, but your brain is still fully there. So essentially by the end, it's like, as if you can't talk, you can't move, you can't like nothing. And it's like, you're a prisoner in your own body. Cause you're still in your brain. You're still that same person that you've always been. You think the same, you're still same maturity level. You're still the same everything, but your body is not, cooperating if that makes sense um so it's really hard to watch because you just see them like especially like I was watching my mom who was like an extremely independent strong woman lose her ability to do anything on her own and I think at first she was very frustrated with it but it was important for us anyways for my dad and I because we live right here but my brothers and other family as well to just let her know that like we are more than happy to help her with whatever she needed help with whether it was she always had to have like a napkin or a cloth in her mouth to soak up excess saliva when those muscles died in her mouth and so whether it was just like hey can you come grab me a new cloth I can't reach it or something like that just little things like that because I had to imagine if that was me in that situation And I had to ask someone for every little thing for me, I would probably feel like immense guilt because I'm having to interrupt somebody else's day or whatever it may be. So I just never wanted her to feel that way. So that was kind of something I always tried to focus on. Mm -hmm. And I saw as well, you posted a description of that your mom did decide to go through with MAID. So Mm -hmm. if you're comfortable sharing, I would love to hear more about that because I think it is so related to mental health, both from her perspective and the loved ones, because you're going through it together. So if you want to just explain a little bit more about that. Yeah. So MAID is, uh, it stands for medical assistance in dying. And um, when my mom was like first diagnosed, She had probably experienced symptoms leading up to the diagnosis for six to nine months prior. So early on in the in the process, she had said, when when it comes time, I want to be able to make that decision for myself. 
to be able to go out with dignity and like she really really wanted to be able to donate her organs and that was a huge part of it she didn't want everything to die out and not be able to do that donation and we had a very close family friend that passed away of ALS as well a couple years prior to my mom so we kind of knew what it looked like and we kind of knew a little bit what to expect. It was a different type of ALS, but still, it was still the same, same concept. So yeah, so my dad set that up for her early on in the diagnosis and in the process so that when it came time, it was ready to go. All we had to do was say, she's ready. And so I was out, I remember mid-October, I came home and I saw my brother's car was here. I thought that was quite odd. It was like middle of the week. Um, he lives in downtown Toronto. So I was just like, this is odd. And I just got this bad feeling in my stomach, like immediately. And I walked in and everyone was really quiet. And it just it was awful. It was just absolutely awful. But basically, my parents told us that they'd made the decision or my mom had made the decision that she just felt there was no quality of life left for her and she was ready to go. Um, so yeah, from then, basically, it was really fast. It was two weeks later, the date was booked. And like, I don't know yet, because um, I recently like when I was going through that really bad depressive episode a few weeks ago, um, I reached out to my doctor about possibly just being referred to a psychologist and a psychiatrist just somebody who can really, really dive deep into my mental health for me and like really help me out. Um, as opposed to like the basic stuff that my general practitioner has been able to do. So when I went to see them, um, she said, yeah, absolutely. So currently that's a six plus month wait right now because the mental health care system is absolutely fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, so with that, I kind of am a little bit thinking that that was like a very traumatic experience for me. And I don't use the word trauma lightly. Um, I think that like just having a date set to go to your mom's death is like something that I can't even comprehend to be quite honest with you. Like I was just completely silent. Like there was no words. I think everyone was kind of just trying to stay as light as possible and have a conversations. And I was just like, I don't know how you're doing this. Like I, I couldn't even function. Um, so yeah, so we went to the hospital, but that way she was able to donate her organs, which was amazing. She did end up saving two people's lives. Two people are walking around to this day because one of them has her liver and one has a kidney and, uh, her eyes and her heart were donated to medical research. So that's awesome. So I think like what she ended up doing was just such a strong decision and I asked her, I, I remember asking her quite a few times, actually, like, are you nervous? Are you excited, for lack of a better word? Um, like, how do you feel about it? And she was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not nervous. She was sad. She was sad to be leaving us, but she knew we'd all be okay. And um, to be quite honest, she had no, she had no quality of life left. All she did was sit in this chair in our living room and watch TV all day She communicated with us on a text-to-speech app, and um, she was losing function in her arms and her hands really quickly by the end. It kind of got really sped up at the end, I noticed as well. The last couple months were like super speed in symptoms and decline, and um, yeah, so she just, she was ready to go, and she decided 
that's that's my time and that's what we did and we just had to support her along the way because we knew it was going to come eventually to say I was expecting it right then probably not I didn't expect it and I think I probably just obviously would never have been ready for it but I am curious to see like if that caused any sort of like traumatic feelings in my brain that I'm not uh, handling or not coping with or not understanding or don't even know is there yet because that was a very difficult situation for sure absolutely like that is definitely a traumatic experience I'm gonna give that to you for mm-hmm. sure um, and it is such a complicated situation because you want to support her and she knows best obviously she's been going through the diagnosis and if she wasn't feeling her best and she doesn't want mm-hmm. you guys to watch her suffer either there's just so many things to consider but I think it's honestly super, super strong what she did and very admirable because she was able to donate her organs that like made me tear up as you were talking because she was able to like provide for other people even when she was suffering so much, which is I think amazing. And I just think for you guys, like that is so hard, like you said, to like walk into that knowing it's about to happen is very hard to grasp and you want to support her, you want to support your family, but it's just such a hard situation. So kudos to her. I know she is very proud of everything you're doing. I've been following you and like, just, I know you took some time away from your business and your page to recoup and reset, but Mm -hmm. now you're back into it. And I just think it's amazing. And obviously there's going to be different things that come up for you throughout your coping journey. But I mean, I'm happy you're like on that wait list. Hopefully it's not too, too long, but that you get into see somebody and you can kind of work through those feelings. Yeah, for sure. I am looking forward to it. Um, like I said, it is a long time wait, but I do think that the grief counseling in the meantime is going to be like extremely helpful for that side of what I want from therapy. I do want like further therapy for just like general life stuff and general mental health and mental illness stuff. Um, but the counselor, at least having someone to have an outlet for the grief portion is, is definitely helpful thus far. Yeah, I like that you brought that up too, because they're like different specialties in those professions kind of target different things and they are very specific in their treatment styles. So it is important to have both. And mm-hmm. I know you also mentioned too, you started seeing a doctor and you were put on antidepressants before you came home. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit more about like your mental illness journey before all of this started and I guess how it's been connected to your grief since your mom's passing? Yeah. Um, I think actually, like, I'm noticing more and more recently that I think my depression anyways is directly related to my mom's illness and now her passing. Um, So I was diagnosed with severe anxiety and moderate depression about um, maybe four or five months after my mom was diagnosed. And um, prior to that, I was living like typical young 20 something lifestyle in downtown Toronto but at the same time I think it was really damaging to my mental health like I was a server was drinking a lot and staying out really late not getting enough sleep just living that party lifestyle and don't get me wrong like I had a great time but it definitely caused like a lot of like mental health issues within myself that I didn't really notice until I looked back on it um but I think once my mom was diagnosed like it just got really really bad after that And my mom was actually the one that had asked me like a year prior to going to see the doctor and getting diagnosed to go and see the doctor. And I was like, no, like, I don't want to be that girl. I don't want to be that girl that's on antidepressants. Like, I just don't, I don't want that because I still had that stigma around it in my brain. Um, 
And then finally I was like, you know what? Like, this is so not worth it. Like I'm just living my life like so sad all the time. And like knowing my mom wasn't going to get any better meant for me that I wasn't going to get any better. So I was just like, I need to go and see what I can do. And so I ended up going end of February, 2020 and she diagnosed me, my general practitioner, um, with severe anxiety and moderate depression. And then she gave me antidepressants and I was one of the lucky ones, thankfully that that first antidepressant she prescribed me, it was the right dose. It was the right medication. It worked perfectly for me and I'm still on it to this day. And everybody doesn't have that luxury. Unfortunately, sometimes it takes people four, five, six tries of different medications and different dosages to find what works for them. Um, but my anxiety was the one that was like really severe. And that was um, nothing related to my mom, I don't think anyways. But I think I first noticed my anxiety in my last year of university. And I remember sitting on the phone with my mom, of course, um, just going through what I think was my first anxiety attack. And I just felt like my chest was tight and I couldn't breathe. And I just felt like I couldn't get enough air into my lungs and I went outside and I just was like sobbing and I just was like what is going on like I'd never experienced anything like that before just like that complete feeling of doom and overwhelm so yeah so by the time I was prescribed and diagnosed and stuff I was like okay this is great so about two weeks after that which is when they say usually that the antidepressants and the medication start to work I was like, whoa, what a friggin' difference. Like, I couldn't <laughs> believe how much time I had wasted unhappy and struggling because I didn't want to be that girl. And I could have just taken this pill and felt better. So I've been on that now for two years. And since my mom passed, it got a lot worse um, to the point where my doctor has now said it's more of a major depressive disorder. Um, so she's put me on a secondary antidepressant now. And like with my business and with my blog and stuff like that, I um, am very open. Like I always like to say I'm an open book. Anybody can ask me anything they want and I will be very open and honest about it. I don't really have anything to hide just a regular old girl like that has some mental health issues and some mental illnesses and um two of the most common ones being depression and anxiety as well and yeah so I think that like since my mom passed it's been even harder and it seems that now this medication is working the secondary medication um but like I said the counseling is helping too and just I'm trying really hard to do the things I already know will help my mental health, like working out and staying connected with people, um, like reaching out to family, staying with my dogs, like they're really like helpful for me as well. So I think all of that combined has been really helpful during the grief journey for sure. Yeah. And I was going to ask, I guess, going along with the coping stuff, like what have you done, I guess, recently to help you cope when you took time off, but then also like in that little depressive episode, because I think people like to talk about coping when things are good, but also like when things are bad, what does that look like for you? Yeah. And I think that's something really hard. I've had actually a lot of people ask me that um, just through my Instagram and stuff like that as well. Just like, what do you do on the bad days? And quite literally, most of my bad days look like me laying in bed or laying on my couch watching TV all day. The only thing 
that I would say is big for me personally. Um, I'm an Aquarius and I'm very um, creative minded. I'm not like type A at all. I'm very creative minded. And um, I think it was like two days after my mom passed, two of my really close friends brought me like a beautiful care package with just like tea and some comfy socks and like a coloring book and then um, just like a bunch of like self-care stuff and I colored that coloring book in like a month like after my mom passed because I was just like I needed something for my brain to just like focus in on and not think and for me stuff that's creative and artistic like that is really helpful for me and not having my business as the outlet because I just I couldn't talk about it I couldn't do any of that um, at the time I was like I need something else so I did the coloring book and then I got into uh, paint by numbers like the adult paint by numbers it's really tedious and tiny spaces and I still do this I'm actually working on one right now <laughs> um, and those are some of my favorite things too because I just am so focused in on what I'm doing in front of me that my brain just like turns off so I really really like those for coping for people that are um, creative minded there's another thing called diamond painting where you pick up these little teeny tiny little what they call diamonds they're little plastic pieces basically that you stick onto a page in different color coordinated things I don't know if I'm explaining that very well but <laughs> it's a great time and it's like so like mind-numbing like you're not focused on anything else other than what's right and directly in front of you so for me that's been probably my most helpful um, in terms of coping and those are all things that I would do during a regular depressive episode prior to my mom passing as well. Um, I just like to focus on those creative aspects, but some days I quite literally can't do anything. And I just sit and I am a lump on a log and, and I think that's okay too. I think like you need those days for sure. Um, and then once you're starting to come out of it for me, anyways, this is obviously all personal experience, but once you're starting to come out of that depression again, it's kind of nice to sort of ease yourself back into like a healthy eating routine, drinking enough water, um, doing workouts and stuff. My dad just recently got our um, spin bike out of storage and that's been like great for me. Like I've, I've been really enjoying that. I think just having something new to try something new to do and also a great way to shut the brain off. I think for me, distraction is probably a big thing. So shutting my brain off from, the scary, hard, sad stuff is helpful for me. Um, some people really need to just like work through it, but that is my way of working through it. And uh, yeah. I love everything you just said. I feel like you targeted so many different <laughs> important parts of coping and the distraction piece is something I can definitely relate to. And sometimes like on some days you might want to talk through those hard feelings and actually work through it. But other days you might just want to sit down with your coloring book or painting and just like mm -hmm. shut out the world. And that's completely fine. Um, but then also some days like you can't get out of bed, you might not be able to eat enough food or you're ordering takeout, not drinking water. And like those days are, I say too, like completely fine and necessary because sometimes you do just need that time for your body and your mind to just like chill out for a little bit yeah. before you take on the world, especially when you're dealing with something as challenging as this. So mm -hmm. coping is definitely a complex topic and it can be so hard to like do those little things that we know will help on those hard days. So like you said, 
when you are coming out of that episode, like paying extra attention to your routine. Maybe it's like as soon as you wake up, you're having a glass of water or you're going outside for a walk and then that can like kickstart your day. But also listening to your body on those days when you absolutely can't do anything. That's so true. And something I should mention as well, that's also really nice for coping that I think a lot of people don't even realize would be a coping mechanism is turning your phone off or turning it on silent. I don't care anymore. I used to like be so like nervous. What if somebody needs to contact me? What if there's somebody's calling me or texting me and they need me? Like, no, no, I need me right now. So I need my full attention on myself because I'm not okay. So I think that was something I had to learn is that you don't have to answer every phone call. You don't have to answer every text. If you take three days to respond because you're in a bad place, take three days to respond. It's okay. The world still goes on and your friends will still be there for you if they're your good friends. And social media is so, so incredibly damaging, especially in times when you're already down. Um, And with the way our world is and stuff right now, especially it's just, it's like doom scrolling, right? I don't, I don't need that when I'm already in a state of doom and sadness. So for me, I have to like put my phone down. I have to like put it away from me. So I'm not automatically just picking up my phone, opening Instagram, opening TikTok. And it's just not healthy for me. Yeah. DND is my best friend on those days. Like I just need to put it away. Like if I'm reading, I always turn my phone off. And sometimes it is that close proximity to your phone. Like you can't Mm -hmm. actually have it beside you. You need to go put it in another room because you're tempted to pick it up or check it. And like you said, like, oh my God, did I miss a message or something? But it's wild to me because I always think back to like the olden days, but how they didn't have that and they were completely fine. And we like can't go five seconds without it. And like if somebody really needed to contact us, I feel like we would get the message or we'll respond when we do go back to our phone, but we don't need to be on it at all seconds of the day. And like you said, the world goes on. So (laughs) you'll live. Yeah. And people don't need to be able to contact you 24 seven. That hasn't been the way of the world for like decades and decades and decades and decades. And then all of a sudden cell phones came in and MSN back in the day and social media now. I'm like, I don't, you know what? I can't, I can't. And I have most of my friends know now I have two of my best friends still call me and um, I hate talking on the phone. It's just something I hate doing. And um, I, I typically don't answer. (laughs) Those two friends are the only ones that still make phone calls to me because they, they just won't, won't give up on it. And I do usually still answer for them, but I just hate answering the phone. So you know what? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay. Yeah. We don't, I feel like people feel like we owe them our time always just because we like carry a phone. Yeah. And that's something I'm super passionate about too, because if you are in that depressive state and you can't respond to somebody like whatever like it's it's fine I'm so, so just like whatever about it if somebody catches feelings that you're not responding but like if you're active on Instagram and they can see that and they get mad at you it's mm-hmm. like no I, I can't deal with this right now um so yeah just I think setting those own boundaries for yourself yeah just because I'm not doing something doesn't mean I'm free exactly huge point <laughs> So I guess like tying in your experience and some of your coping strategies, like what advice would you give to anybody who's dealing with the loss of a loved one or maybe like going through that grieving process? Like you said, like maybe they just got a diagnosis and they're preparing for that. What would you say to them? Yeah, I've actually had a few people reach out, especially since those TikToks went viral, um, that people just like all over the place now that are 
reaching out to me asking about whether it be ALS or they're losing their mom or they're losing a parent or a friend or whatever it may be. Um, and I did actually lose a really close friend of mine in February, a little over a month ago as well. He was good friends with my mom as well. And, um, my mom was the one that kind of brought him and I together and his girlfriend. So I think that, um, I've just had a lot of loss in like a really short amount of time for somebody that's never really experienced loss from anything other than like grandparents before. Um, so yeah, so I think that like, I don't have a ton of experience in it, but I guess now it's like the biggest of all griefs, if that makes sense. Um, like losing a parent or losing your best friend, it's both for me. Um, and I've just kind of said like, in the leading up to passing process, I have more advice, I guess, because I went through more of that and I've experienced more of that. Um, and I am still learning myself about how to grieve and how to go through this. But the two biggest things for me is knowing that I know she wouldn't want me to be unhappy. And as cheesy as it sounds, like it's true. No one's ever, if they're your loved one, they're never going to want you to be like, oh, I died. So go wallow and be sad all the time. Like no one's ever going to say that. Um, spend as much time as you possibly can with your loved ones. Tell them how much you love them. Tell them how you feel and just be there for them. And in whatever capacity or way that they need you to be, that was a huge thing for me. And just like knowing that you have a support system, like lean on your support system because they want to be there to help you. And um, I remember just so many people reaching out to me afterwards, just being like, if you need anything at all, like, please reach out. And I just like didn't even know what I needed, you know. So I think like just having that support system as like a talking thing is really helpful because you need to get those thoughts and feelings out and not just hold them all in. Um, so yeah, I think that was my biggest two things for me with grieving. And now too, I think, um, just knowing, like thinking back on good memories as much as I can. And I still like, it's really hard. I'm surprised I've held it together this whole time. It's really, really hard for me to talk about my mom. And, um, not that I don't want to, I just, it's so fresh still in my mind. So it's really hard for me to even think about her, look at pictures of her, talk about her without like immediately breaking into tears or like having some sort of like emotional reaction. But I think in this sort of a setting, like it's kind of nice to talk about the good stuff and the healthy stuff and the what's helpful. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. I, I just know she'd be so proud of you. I obviously didn't know her, but seeing all the videos you've posted, she seemed like such an amazing person. And mm. I love that you're using your experiences now to help share your story, but also like educate others, provide them with advice and kind of help others through the process because it's not easy. And like I said before, like that community piece is so helpful mm -hmm. in the grieving journey because you know you have others to lean on and just like those words of support even if you don't need anything, like they are so comforting because you know that you aren't alone. Yeah, exactly. That's been really helpful too. And like, um, I gained a whole bunch of, this is kind of a side point, but, um, I was really thinking about, uh, closing my business or pausing it indefinitely. Um, probably like January or so I started thinking that, um, but I just couldn't, couldn't pull the trigger on it I was just like I don't know and I really feel like ever since I took time off when my mom passed and prior to her passing I 
really feel like I've gotten myself into a bit of a hole and I just can't catch up ever since then. So I think like when I started to think about like closing my business, still doing like the blog portion of it, having that online outlet and journal sort of would be helpful still, but just not focusing on the money and stuff and just getting a job where I don't have to be the number one person for everything. Um, and I'm still going to do that. I, but I am keeping my business open as far as, as far as I can tell for now. Um, but it was right around the time that I almost was like, you know what, I'm done that these TikToks went viral. I got like, I think now I've got like 24,000 followers and like a place for me to now, like really have people see my brand and stuff like that. So I really think that was like my mom's way of telling me like, no, no, you're not done yet. Don't stop. Don't quit. So I'm I'm taking that as a sign from her anyways. I literally have goosebumps. That is like the biggest sign <laughs> ever. That's so wild that that was the same time. Yeah. And signs, like I believe in them so much. So that's amazing. I'm so happy that happened for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I did want to finish uh, this conversation with promoting your small business because I love all your pieces and I'm definitely going to place an order. Um, so do you want to tell us, I guess, like the inspiration behind the idea, how people can find your apparel and I'll link all your stuff in the episode notes and then just any short term or long term goals that you have for the business? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my business is called Going Mental. It is uh, going mental with two G's on the second G on the Instagram. And then also um, my shop is on Etsy and I have like so many different things on there. I've got hats, sweatpants, sweatshirts, crewnecks, hoodies, t-shirts, like a whole bunch of, it's mainly like comfort loungewear. Um, and yeah, it's all stuff that relates back to mental health or happiness or positivity, things like that, that just are good vibes. Um, and yeah, when I first started my business, I was like, I want a way to do something I'm passionate about, something I love, something where I can be online and start growing an online following as well as make money. And I was like, okay, how do I combine all of that? And I came going mental because I was able to do a variety of things, like help people, but also make money at the same time. So yeah, so it is on Etsy and I'm on TikTok as well. Um, my TikTok is called Pages Going Mental. Um, but you can find all of that, like really just linked in my Instagram bio as well. And yeah, that's me. Well, that is amazing. I have loved this getting to know you better. I know we've been following each other for a while and you're also Ooh. local close to me. So it's nice to like have these conversations. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like I know this isn't an easy thing to talk about and you've been going through a lot recently. So thank you for taking the time to come share. And I know there's going to be ups and downs throughout the next few months few years it's never really going to go away so just keep at it keep doing what you're doing and like putting your passions towards your business or even like anything creative really that's gonna help you go such a long way and just keep inspiring others so thank you so very much well thank you I'm so happy I got to talk to you too and like <laughs> actually have like a real connection and yeah just to grow that that relationship as well and that connection I know this is still a very fresh topic for Paige as her mother only unfortunately passed away five months ago. So first and foremost, thank you so much to her for being willing to come on and share her journey because I think it's important to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'm sure other people either have gone through a similar loss or are maybe currently going through a similar loss. So hearing some of the things that she shared today, I think can be really helpful for anybody going through a similar struggle. 
And Paige on her social media, I love how candid and real she is. She shares everything, um, both on Instagram and TikTok. So please, please go follow her if you're not already. Um, Just a lot about her own journey and what she's going through, what she's learning along the way. Again, the good, the bad, the ugly. And I love seeing all sides of it because I think it's so important because a lot of people only like to talk about the good stuff. And with whatever type of healing journey you're on, that's never the case because there's always going to be those negative sides of things. And like I said, Paige and I have been talking, trying to schedule this at a time when she was feeling good. So she just, like she said, come out of a little depressive episode that she was going through. And I really admire how she acknowledged that. And she said like some of those days she literally couldn't get out of bed. Um, so it is a roller coaster, and I think that's important to acknowledge as well for anybody going through whatever journey you're on right now, um, that it is okay to have bad days. It's normal. It's part of the process. It's not easy. You don't want to acknowledge that they're going to happen because they suck, but in my opinion, they make the good days that much better. You can't experience the full of a high until you've experienced a low, and that's something that's been true for my journey. I'm not sure if anybody else can resonate with that, but I'll just leave it there for today's episode. Thank you so, so much for supporting another episode of The Revolutionized Mind. Again, go follow Paige on all social media and be sure to check out Going Mental on Etsy. And I will see you on Tuesday with a special episode. Bye.